being in Norway, I had that feeling that this is where I'm going to call home in the future. That was eight years ago. We've only just Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Andrew Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Jessica, who is living abroad in Norway. Now, Jessica, who is originally from the U.S., describes why she's been going to Norway on and off for the past eight years. She also talks about how she had to reimagine her connection to Norway after the end of her relationship with someone from Norway. She also talks about how she knew since she was a little girl that she would eventually go to Norway thanks to various trips to the Epcot Center in Orlando, Florida. And finally, why out of the 30-odd countries she has traveled to, Norway has a special place in her heart and what she hopes in the future for a place that is now her home. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. All right, Jessica, welcome to A Living Color Abroad. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Anytime, anytime. So let's get right to it, Jessica. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes. Wow. Where do I start? So <laughs> my name is Jessica. I am from Colombian origin. I grew up in the States, went to study in the UK, got both my undergrad and postgrad in London. And that's where everything started for me, really. So let, let let's go. Let's let's start from the beginning. So you said you you have Colombian heritage. Where in the I states did you grow born, up? I was born in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And I was one when I, when I moved from Dallas to um, Colombia, and I lived in Colombia up until I was seven years old. Okay. And then you moved back. And then I moved back to the states. Yes. Where to? Orlando, Florida. Oh, I have family in Orlando. Okay, okay. And you yes. and that's where you grew up after you were after you were seven and Yep. So after I was seven, I moved to Orlando along with um my younger sister. And I lived in Orlando up until I was uh twenty. And when I was 20 is when I moved to the UK. Okay, so let's let, let's start there, right? So you mentioned, so you, obviously we're going to get into talking about Norway, but it's always interesting to see how that story begins, right? So obviously you <laughs> first went abroad to the UK to study. What made you want to go abroad in the first place to study in the UK? Yeah, can we first talk about the time difference that we have right now? Yes, also, that's also very important. <laughs> Jessica, it's a, it's a close, if not already, 1 a.m. where Jessica is, and it's 5.30 here. So, Jessica, I know it's very tired, but I appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> yes, um, no, I, it is... <laughs> Yes, so it is about to be 1 a.m. and I'm going to catch a flight in the next uh, five hours or so really? to Austria. Wow. Yes, I'm going to Vienna. Yes, yes. Okay. So I've had quite a busy week, but I was very excited to jump on this podcast and I didn't want to miss it again. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. So yeah, tell me about the UK, why you, moved, why you went to the UK. Yeah. So since I was a little girl, um, I loved going to Disney. I did grow up in Orlando, so 15 minutes away from Disney parks. And one of my favorite parks, because they have four parks, and out of one of the four parks, my favorite one was Epcot, which is a um, Disney park where they have different uh, pavilions of different countries. And what's cool is that for those of you that haven't heard of Epcot, they um, Disney has a program where they bring people from different parts of the world to work in uh, the park in, in their designated countries. So if it's Japan, they bring people from Japan so you can get the overall experience of that country. Mm -hmm. And I loved going to that park 
when I was eight years old. I would um, ask my mom every time uh, because she worked for a Disney hotel. Um, and I would always ask her to take me and my sister to Epcot on a Sunday. So my favorite country, listen to how powerful words are. I was eight years old and they have a pavilion there, both of the UK and Norway. And those were my two favorite countries that I always loved to visit in Epcot. And uh, me being a little girl, I've always wanted to go to the UK because of the telephone booth and Norway because (laughs) they had a, a Viking boat ride that went backwards. (laughs) <laughs> so I was just very intrigued about that. Yes. That's crazy. And also at the end of the ride, they would show a movie of a little boy chasing his dreams and um, watching the Viking boats in a museum. And I told my mom, I want to go to that museum one day in person. A little eight year old girl, my mom was like, yes, 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 honey, that's fine. <laughs> You can continue coming to Epcot. <laughs> and your dreams so, that now become um, a reality. How amazing is that? Yes. And it's crazy how little things just start uh, connecting the dots uh, from when you're young up to whenever you're an adult. And for me, I was actually a very bad student. I did terrible in high school. I had very bad grades. I was voted as most likely not to succeed Wait, in high school. That's not that's not a thing you could vote for? Most likely not to succeed? Yeah. Most Wait, what? likely <laughs> No, I know what it means, but usually you, you just vote for positive things, not negative things. <laughs> Wait, are you being serious? You actually vote that like was, the, if, you, if you look thing, in your yeah. yearbook. If you look in your yearbook, that your picture's there. Most likely not to succeed. They did their own little, <laughs> I guess, voting amongst like the seniors or whatnot. I guess they did more of a joke. But it, it's in the yearbook, though. Is what you're saying? Or you're saying they just it was a vote between mm-hmm. seniors. It, it was a vote between just the seniors. Oh, okay. And it was like... That's still it, fucked and up. They were like, yeah, most likely to get pregnant first and most likely ah, to okay. succeed. Ah, okay. Got it, got it. That's really messed up, yeah. though. That's very... I'm sorry to hear that. No, no. Uh, it just gave me more drive. I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Right. Because I was... A very bad student. I would skip class, and I really didn't know where my future was gonna be mm-hmm. until getting closer to the end of senior year. My guidance counselor sat me down, and he really brought more or less an epiphany. And he's like, "Is this the type of future that you want to have? Because what you're doing right now is the foundation that you're setting for your tomorrow." And that's whenever it hit me. I said, no, I know that I have a purpose and I know that I want to do something that's more meaningful and I want to take myself seriously. And I've always loved fashion. That's something that's been instilled in me. I love mix matching and um, using what I had and putting creative ways of wearing the same pants five different ways and my friends noticed that so without me knowing they put my name for a fashion school because during senior year um universities college uh, and different colleges they come so that we can apply for whichever one we find ourselves wanting to go to Mm -hmm. i didn't go to that event i just skipped it because i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life however two of my friends during that time, they put my name down for a fashion school. And after uh, senior year, which I ended up graduating with a good GPA, average GPA. So it was good. I was able to graduate. So you weren't that terrible of a student then? <laughs> I, I had to work my butt off. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> because whenever the guidance counselor sat me down, he's like, right, right. you're about to not graduate, so I worked my butt off and I graduated uh, with uh, average grades, but still made it through. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. And I got a call from a fashion design school, and 
they asked me to come in for an interview to go through their bachelor's program. So I did, and I felt in love. I felt like this is something that I wanted to do. I love fashion. I love creating concepts and bringing them to life. And what school is this? So remember that. Creating concepts and bringing it to life, because I'll mention that later. Okay. Uh, this was uh, Academy, Academy of Design and Technology. Okay, and, that, and that's in London? This was in Orlando. Oh, Orlando. Oh, sorry. Okay, Orlando. Okay, got it. Yes. So then you went to Orlando, there. and then from there, how did you end up in London? Because of the school. Okay. So during my studies, um, we had an opportunity to bring one of our projects to life and do a student exchange program in the UK, from Orlando to the UK. Mm-hmm. And I was chosen to be one of the uh, students to go with another group of girls and uh, finish part of our bachelor's degree in the UK. I was one of the people that really wasn't that excited to go, surprisingly, because I loved going to Epcot. (laughs) And the girls that were very excited to attend uh, this program in the first place ended up wanting to leave and go back to the states Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to leave i wanted to stay there because i saw after leaving uh or yeah after leaving orlando and experiencing what i did in the uk at such a young age i knew that there was something more out there and i wanted to explore I really enjoyed the challenges. I enjoyed the cultural differences and that became very addictive to me. And I wanted to experience more of that. So um, while I was there, I was looking at different ways of how I can stay there and continue my studies and get my master's degree. Mm-hmm. And and where and so, where did you end up? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, they told me what I needed to do. I had to uh, finish one more year in the States and work for that one year to be able to uh, get get accepted at a master's program in the UK. And it wasn't for fashion, actually, because during my fashion degree um, time, I noticed that I love fashion, but I didn't want to do fashion as a degree or as a profession mm-hmm. because I love designing, but I hate sewing. <laughs> I hate sewing. People said, oh, yes, I love sewing because it relieves so much so much stretch, uh, stress. But for me, it only gave me even more stress. Even more stress. My, mo- my mother used to sew. She was working at a factory when, when, when she was younger. And I remember, it doesn't look that much fun, honestly, to sew. It doesn't look that fun. But <laughs> credit to you that you can do it. Though. At least you know how to sew, right? That's pretty, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but so. I still don't enjoy it. <laughs> However, <laughs> um, I now understand why some clothes are expensive, like wedding dresses. Mm-hmm. One of my final projects was a wedding dress that we had to make from design to actual construction of the garment. I only presented half of a wedding dress. I didn't finish sewing the full dress. And what, did you fail because or that, what happened? <laughs> no, she said you gave me half of the dress. So I'm giving you half of, of the grade. Ouch. So. <laughs> that's, it's not great, but I mean, that, that's that's in the past. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, but I still didn't fail, which was good. Right, that's a good thing. But I, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all right, awesome. So you went to the UK, had an amazing experience, right? You, you Like you said, the power of words. You as a little girl little eight-year-old Jessica going to the Epcot Center. By the way, I love the Epcot Center. I, I loved it as a kid, too, because I have family in Orlando. I used to always go there. I loved it. I love the Epcot Center. Anyway, so, you know, you made your dreams into a reality. So now let's fast forward all the way to when you had the opportunity to go to Norway. How did that happen? Take us through that. Yes. Um, actually, what brought me to Norway was first uh, love <laughs> or what I thought. <laughs> which I met him during my studies in the UK. So okay. there's a university in Oslo that is very well connected with Kingston University in London. Mm. 
they have some sort of relationship that a lot of the students from this university um, are invited to study in Kingston. So a lot of Norwegians were actually at that university. And that was the first time I um, started having a group of Norwegian friends. And that's where I met my boyfriend at that time during those studies. Mm. And it just so happened that while I was studying, that's when my 21st birthday was at that time. And uh, my boyfriend's parents came from Norway to London and they invited me to come to Oslo to celebrate my birthday. Wow. Because my my birthday is on May 16th, which is one day before the before Norway's Independence Day. Ah. And they were like, hey, since you uh, live in London and your family lives in Orlando, then why not spend your birthday where they're already having a big celebration? Mm. So you can celebrate your birthday and you can celebrate a Norwegian Independence Day and have a full-on experience. And how did that go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was it a good time? Was, Was your birthday a good time? That was your 21st? That was my 21st, yes. And And it was such a good time that I kept on going back for eight consecutive years. Wow. Wow. Okay. So wait, so let let me make sure I I get this straight. So you were 21 at the time when you were still living in the UK. Correct. Right. And then you met your boyfriend and then... You're going back and forth from London to Norway in a lot for for a long distance relationship. So we finished our studies in the UK, right. and um, then I was between London and Oslo. Yes, for about two years. Okay. And I was in Oslo uh, back and forth, yes, for two years. That was the time of our relationship. Things did not end up working out. It was much more of an experience of the Crazy Rich Asians movie, if you've seen it. I have not actually, so I'm completely lost on the reference, but <laughs> I'm sure my listeners okay. have and they could probably appreciate <laughs> it. But no, explain explain for those that have not watched it like myself. <laughs> So it's very interesting because um, why I use that reference is it was cultural differences mm. that um, that brought us to the end of our relationship mm. um, because of their strong Asian background. I am Colombian, far from Asian. Oh, so this dude was Asian. So he was Norwegian Asian, right. born and raised in Norway. Asian up, descent. Um, grew, yeah, grew up okay. f- with the Taiwanese family. Got it. See, I just assumed and... he was a white guy. See, I'm glad. I'm glad you're breaking my own subconscious and assumptions here <laughs> of people from Norway. This is how. This is why I need the podcast. I need to learn from people like you. Okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So he is Norwegian uh, Taiwanese, and I didn't meet their standards. So um, in the movie Crazy Rich Asians, it's pretty much a story about an Asian family who is crazy rich, um, who they do not accept their son's future wife. Okay. Because she did not meet their standards. However, towards the end, they end up getting Don't, married. They man, you just ruined the movie for me. How are you going to do that, Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> How are you just going to ruin it? You can't. <laughs> spoiler alert. You sorry. Spoiler alert for people that are watching. Jessica just ruined the movie. Sorry. <laughs> But you don't know how the process is. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't, how, you, I don't know how, but you at least you ruined the ending. Okay. I don't know how. Good to know. It's Good like to if know. If I were to tell you, hey, Angel, you're going to be this in five years. Uh-huh. You're interested in how that process is going to look like. Yeah, but I still don't want to know, though. <laughs> <laughs> what if you say, Angel, you're going to be completely broke in five years? Wow. I'm so interested in how I'm going to go broke from now to five years from now. I know the ending, but I would love to know the process. 
No, 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 definitely not. Let me try to avoid for that to happen. How about that? <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Good point. <laughs> right. All right. So now uh, so, we know that they're crazy rich Asians, Asians, and also, unfortunately, your relationship and the reference to that movie. So you're saying the cultural differences, right? So tell me how that made you feel. Like you said, these are cultural differences that you're experiencing. You already have some experience living abroad, but now who you are in a real, you know, in a relationship with someone from a different country. And now you're basically being told, yeah, you're not good enough for us. What was going through your mind? At that point, I was young. I was in love. And I was trying to be someone that I wasn't in order to be accepted. Mm. Which then it brought me to a very low point in my life. Because, of course, I was not accepted. I did not have a happy ending um, and I started having a very negative um, relation with Norway because of me being here with my ex and then knowing that everything pretty much ended in Norway. Mm. Uh, so I went back to the to the states and I ended up getting a corporate job in in the bank. Uh, I decided that I was going to stay in the States and having a stable job at a corporate level. And I mean, like how everyone thinks, right? That you need a st- like a stable nine to five corporate level job in order to buy a house, get married, have kids, mm-hmm. like the cookie cutter life that we're known to have back in the States. <laughs> So I thought that that was going to be for me. So I tried it and I told myself, I'm going to do banking for one year and let's see where that takes me. Sure enough, before the one year hit, at 11 months, I couldn't do it anymore. I knew that everyone that I would talk to, I was a small business banker for 11 months. Everybody that I would talk to, I would share with my whole experiences that I had with my studies, with traveling and how I connected with different cultures, the cultural uh, differences, because a lot of people thought that just like you, that Norway, that it was all white people with blonde hair and that there was trolls and polar bears (laughs) everywhere. Right. And also people, yeah, people had their assumptions. So my whole time working at the bank was pretty much sharing my travel experiences and also my experiences with different cultures. That's when I knew that I was not doing what I was meant to do being at the bank. So at 11 months, I ended up leaving the bank. And uh, that's when I started pursuing my platform travel with girls full time. My platform became my full time job. It became my full time hobby. And uh, it took me to being a full time traveler, too. Wow. So this is basically what you do for a living then. So I did that uh, after I moved back from Norway to the States and I started traveling around. I came back to Norway because for some reason I've all, all like, even though that happened to me um, in Norway that I broke up with my boyfriend, which was something very negative, I still felt very connected in a positive way to Norway. So it kept on bringing me back. So every time that I would travel, I would travel to Norway and then from Norway travel to different countries because it's very easy once you're in Scandinavia to travel to other parts in Western Europe, Eastern Europe, and even to Asia. Mm. So it was like my starting point whenever I I wanted to venture out into different countries. Right. So let's let's pause right there because you said something very interesting how even though you had a very negative experience, there's something drawing you back to Norway. What specifically do you think it was that was drawing you back there? I saw that there was uh, a lot of differences. It's a very uh, different country 
with a different culture, language, currency, lifestyle, culture of my own. And that's what really attracted me because I was here and I was living just a life before with my boyfriend. So I was seeing Norway in a different way mm, in his vision. Right. When I when I started coming by myself, that pain that I felt was slowly starting to fade away. And I was still connected with a lot of friends that I made during the time that I was here with him. And then those friends started seeing me as me, not as his girlfriend. Mm. And I started to see Norway in in a completely different way. I started to see it as a path that was leading me to my opportunities and to my future. It was a very weird sensation. It's like when people say, you just know. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling. I've traveled to over almost 30 different countries. And I've never felt that, not even being in London. And I was in London for four years. So being in Norway, I had that feeling that this is where I'm going to call home in the future. That was eight years ago. That's that's insane! Wow, wow, that's a uh, and just wait, we have like a very storyteller like uh, cadence the way you speak. It's like <laughs> everything is a very dramatic pause. I'm just like, I'm just here hanging by every word you say, and then that was eight years later. <laughs> I love it. I love it though. I love this is this is great. This is fantastic. Uh, you have a great voice for narration. I'm I, I must say so myself. You're funny. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So are you. Uh, you said something very powerful there, though. How you, it was through a different lens, right? It was through his lens, his view, right? And you were his girlfriend, but now you experience it on your own, right? And I think that speaks to the, the power, and I'm a very big proponent of this, of solo travel, um, where you experience something on your own. You don't have to rely on how someone else is feeling about a certain trip. It's you, it's how you are taking everything in. And some people might consider that to be a very selfish thing. But to me, it's also a very important thing because at the end of the day, you're the one that has to lay your head, at, you know, at night on your on your pillow and be like, am I okay with this? Is this what I want for myself? And clearly, you answer those questions for yourself because you went back to a place that had a lot of, obviously, negative things that are, that happened and that affected you, right, in a very negative way. But you didn't let that deter you. From like you said, like, you know, let's call it just your calling. The fact that it was calling you back and it felt right. And I think that shows that you had trust in yourself, right? Most importantly, over anything that occurred that might have been negatively, the trust in yourself uh, superseded that, right? And like, you know what? This might be negative or this was negative, but there's something in me that's drawing me to this place. And I got to trust my gut and I got to trust my intuition. And most importantly, trust myself and 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 my trajectory, so I think you just uh, hit the point home, and uh, you know, obviously, I moved abroad by myself to Costa Rica, but it's it's a it's a weird thing because you you experienced something with your boyfriend, right, when you were in Norway, but not by yourself. Here, I experienced everything, not everything, but a lot of things on my own, and of course, I could I could view that negatively, but on the other end, right, on the other end of the spectrum is like, Angel, you know, you experience this on your own, and through that, you can um, process things. You can see how, you know, how it affects you and only you, not how it affects someone else. It's your experience. And that's a very powerful yeah. thing to have something be your experience. Because at the end of the day, even though you were with him, right, and it was through his lens, it was still your experience, but attached to someone else. Versus now is you've created your own lens, right? Your own mural of what Nori is. And of course, if somebody, you know, it, it comes in, into your life, you know, or already is in your life, they become a part of that mural too. But at least you started the mural. You know what I'm saying? Like you started the, this vision and now somebody comes a part of it versus you just getting thrown in, right? And not being accepted into someone's vision of what their world looks like. So I just think that's a very uh, powerful thing. I don't know if you want to respond to that very long-winded statement I made, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but you hit it right on the spot. Because I could have reacted to that situation differently, right? I could have thought of Norway as a country that I never wanted to come back to because Mm -hmm. it had a negative connection to me. 
However, I wanted to make it a positive memory. I remember when I came back to Norway after eight months, after my breakup, it was the hardest thing to do because I used to be so excited once the plane once the plane landed and they said Velkemen til Norge. It's like <laughs> welcome to Norway. I would always be very happy before because I knew that he was going to be there to pick me up mm. and receive me with arms wide open. And eight months after our breakup, I was going back knowing that that wasn't going to be reality. Damn. But I wanted myself to go through that. And it took several times for me to get used to landing in Oslo, knowing that he wasn't going to be there waiting with his arms wide open and that I would have to go through this pain. But eventually it just became a faded memory about him picking me up at the airport. I started making my new rea- my new uh, reality in what Norway was going to be for me now because now I don't have a negative connection to Norway. So I always say if there's something that um, has bothered you because of an experience in the past, don't run away from trying yeah. to avoid it. Try to avoid it by going through it until you just become numb about it and it's just not going to affect you anymore because as human beings sometimes we're so accustomed to avoiding what hurt us instead of facing it front forward and face it through we want to avoid going back to the negative so I kept on coming back and I cried myself uh, through the airport for I don't know how many times but Eventually, things got better, and I got stronger, and I matured. I mean, it was hard in the beginning, but I knew that my love for this country was so much stronger than the negative experience I had with just one person. Preach, Jessica, preach. I mean, it's just spreading the gospel here is is an amazing, I think it's an amazing story. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, whether you're living abroad or not, you know, when you, when there's a certain place you have, like, you know, let's say you had an ex and there was always that one restaurant you went to. And it's like, damn, I can't go back to that place. That's the place I went to with my ex. Like, no, like you eventually, if it's a good restaurant, you go back. You just don't go there because you went there just with your ex. Like, you know, you go, you could go by yourself there, or you know, <laughs> with another person. They're lucky enough, right? It doesn't have to be that the place is now, uh, uh you know, you gotta lock it up both in your heart and physically, like you said, right? In, in in the external and internal world. No, it's like no, it's still a part of reality. And if you want to be a part of your life, you can still do that in a new way. So I think it's a very powerful thing. All right. Now let's talk about, I mean, we were spoken about Norway, but now like more specifically about Norway. All right. You've been in Norway eight years. That's a long time. Most people, as I'm sure you know, most expats, foreigners, they're, they're not, you know, at least from in my field, I don't know about, you know, your field and what, you know, things you do, but, you know, it's usually two years, three years, and then you're gone somewhere else or you go back home, right? So you've been there eight years. Obviously, in the first year, wait, in the first year you were with your ex, right? Yes, the first right. two years okay. was with my ex, but after that, I was coming, I was traveling a, a lot for the two years after me and, and my ex broke up. So okay. Norway was, was a place that I always would come back to, but I was still based out of Orlando. All right, got you, got you. So you were always based but, in Orlando, but you always went to Norway. But I always came here. I I was here more than I was in Orlando. Orlando was just my storage place. Got it. <laughs> a place to keep um, everything that I had. And Norway was my start base of travels. Because I was uh, what you would call a travel blogger. Right, right, right. right. I was getting paid to travel to to different places and share my experiences and create travel itineraries for people that wanted to experience uh, different countries as a, a local. Gotcha. So that's how I was making a living at that time as I was traveling, also with my marketing agency. And I was doing that for eight years. Got it, got actually. It. 
nonstop. So Norway was always a place that I would stay at for two months and then travel elsewhere. I would only go back to Orlando to see my family and to spend some time with them before I uh, ventured out again. So I did that for eight consecutive years. Got it, got it. And I'm sure, you know, you have family and friends back home that probably asked you this question a million times. You know, why why Norway? And obviously, you you, you know, you told us your story. Take us into the life of Jessica on a day-to-day in Oslo in Norway. Yes. So I have officially made my move, official move, from the U.S. to Norway three months ago. Okay. After eight years of traveling around, the pandemic was what stopped me from traveling. And I decided that, and so during that time, I was in the States for those two years. And then I knew that Norway was the place for me. So after things opened back up, I came to Norway and I made my official move. So from me being in Norway uh, before the pandemic to me being in Norway now is completely different because as a tourist, um, you experience one side of Norway. And then as an actual resident, Mm. it's a completely different experience because it's both good and bad because no place is perfect, right? right? Um, but as a tourist, you see it's very um, English friendly. So people that are from Norway, they grow up watching American movies. So here they have the American dialect. Here they use the American English in writing. Um, and none of the movies are dubbed. So they are more or less forced to learn English Mm. as like their second language. So by, uh, yes, so by their teenage years, people here are already speaking English. So it's very easy to get around as a tourist. Um, It's beautiful because of the nature. You have the fresh water, so you can drink water from anywhere. Um, so all you have to do is just bring a water bottle and you can fill it up from any sink. So the water here is very fresh. The air is very crisp. I don't know why when you mentioned the nature, I just thought like you had a water bottle and just like putting it down like in a stream of water. Like I didn't even think of a sink. I'm like, oh yeah, it's just just all streams of water all around Norway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the, uh, water bottle Voss, V-O-S-S. Yes, I do. So that's from Norway. Okay. Those are from the streams of uh, Norway. Nice. That's why it's expensive back in the States. It's like, what, $5 per water bottle of us? Something like that? Yeah, it's expensive. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's beautiful. And it's very easy to uh, travel to other places from Norway. It's actually quite... Uh, cheap if you travel, let's say, from the U.S. to Norway and then venture out from Norway to other parts of Europe, you save so much money. How much is is the flight to Norway from the U.S.? Well, this is not sponsored, but (laughs) um, before the pandemic, there was Norwegian Airlines, which they would Uh fly their uh, 787 Dreamliners. Um, overseas from the U.S. to Oslo, and that would be round trip, no more than four hundred dollars. Wow, that's very yeah. affordable. Very affordable, and now they have Fly North, which Fly North, they're the same aircrafts that are leased from Norwegian. You know a and, lot about flying. Clearly, you're a travel blogger. You know all this airline information. <laughs> Yes, I, I I feel like if I wasn't doing what I'm doing for, uh, professionally, I would love to, I don't know, uh, be a pilot. <laughs> I, I love studying or reading about aircrafts, the different kind of aircrafts Very between cool. like the Airbus, the Boeing. So it's a little fun fact yeah, little about fun me. Fact. reading about aircrafts. <laughs> we'll go ahead. Fly north and then... 
Yeah, so Fly North, if you were to want to, yeah, if you were looking to come to Norway or to Europe from the U.S., uh, the tickets are pretty much around the same price. Gotcha, so gotcha. if you start from Norway and you want to go to London or you, or you want to go to Paris, um, it's the cheapest way to do it from the U.S. to Oslo and then from Oslo just venturing out to other places around Europe or even uh, Asia. So it's wow. a lot more economical. Check that out. So pre- pretty, econ- uh, you know, ec- uh, economically sound to go to to go to uh, Norway. All right. Another question about Norway, because again, I I did an interview with somebody living in Switzerland. Um, I did someone living in. Give me another Scandinavian country. See, I I pretty much them up together. Yeah. Sweden, um... Sweden. There you go, Sweden. I did somebody living in Sweden. Someone in Switzerland. And I did another one. So okay, this is again my me being dumb and me not knowing about the the region. But it's, for me, it's very easy for me to confuse these three nations. Obviously not because of the names, but it's like, all right, what do they speak? What do these people look like? So what are some things that you feel are like very unique to Norway compared to other countries in the region? Yeah, so um, fun fact, Norway is one of the youngest Scandinavian countries because they used to be under Sweden. They oh, were ruled I did not know Sweden. that. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah, nice. And um, so Norway has been independent for uh, about a little over 100 years now. Okay. And a lot of the... So there's a lot of similarities between the Scandinavian countries. But what Norway has that's different, it's, um, I would say, certain words that that they use their work culture huge difference they are very uh what would you say they're slow here whenever it comes to working they like to take their time it's a very relaxing environment here Mm. there's no um there's this law of equality so there's no low class middle class or high class here. So everybody is equal, everybody works equally and earns equally. So with that being said, it is pretty safe. You can leave your laptop out if you're working at a cafe, go into the restroom and you come back and it's still there. The same with your wallet, the same with your phone. Um, because people here, they don't see anyone as uh, you have more than me, I have less than you, and stuff like that. So here they have the law of equality. So that's something that's Interesting. different. How do, how do they enforce it? So like everyone's paid similarly or around the same? So you're saying there's there's not an obvious like lower caste, lower class, sorry, and middle class and, not, and like upper class in Norway? No. No, here they don't classify uh, certain people like a white collar, blue collar. Like here, everyone is equal. Right. Not. I mean, not that if they classify, but is it is it obvious? Like, do for example, is there no homelessness in in Norway, or very little of it? There, there are. Yes, okay. but it's more people from that are not Norwegian. Okay, so you're saying immigrants immigrating into Norway that that happens to be that sure. are homeless. So you do see them and um, they work a lot with trying to get the homeless off the streets. So you see small pockets of um, people who are homeless, but okay. it's not as bad as other places around Europe. Um, here, you don't see stray dogs at all. Here, the dogs are treated better basically than humans. Um, the dogs are like, they are not allowed Owners cannot buy um, the shock collar for the dogs here. That mm. is forbidden. Interesting. Wow. Uh, and yeah, so no stray dogs. There are, um, and it's also a country that is based on trust. So here, people are trusted. Like for instance, the public transportation. Mm-hmm. You buy the ticket um, 
whenever you know you're supposed to buy it, either on your phone or on a uh, top card where you, where you can put money into this card and you scan it. And they trust that you buy it every time you're on a public transportation. They don't check it every time. You don't have to scan whenever you go on or um, go through the metro. They trust. However, they do random checks. Uh-huh the um, traffic control and they check if you have purchased your tickets but it's randomly you never know again they trust that you're doing the right thing interesting interesting. so everyone here goes by the rules right 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 got it they trust institutions the institutions seem to trust the people and it's not as apparent uh the different classes like you said as other european countries okay interesting so now let's talk about, obviously, you. You are a Colombian. You are Latina living in, I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong here, a predominantly white country. But as you just educated me on, your boyfriend was Norwegian, but of uh, Asian descent, right? Taiwanese. So are there like pockets in Norway of people that come from other places, but then immigrated to, to uh, Norway that is very like evident there? Yes, yes. So there is a lot of diversity actually right. here in Norway, especially in the capital. So in the capital, and Oslo is the, the capital. Yes, okay. Oslo is is the capital. Norway, uh, as a country itself, has a population of a little over five million people. Oh, like Costa Rica. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, Costa Rica is also five million. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Norway and Oslo is the capital and Oslo has the most diversity out of the whole country. So you see a lot of people here from and from everywhere who have who are first generation uh, from Iran, Pakistan, Somalia, um so you see a lot of actually South Americans here. Really? So people from, from Colombia. Yes, uh, the Colombian community here is very, very, very big. Wow. And what Norway, especially also, has started to do is celebrating the different cultures. Dope. How do they do that? And they do food market festivals. Uh, along with entertainment, they do it, I believe, once a year, and they bring different vendors with different cuisines from around the world, along with different presentations to showcase each country, their culture, their food, and um, yeah, and give like a cultural experience. So it's really nice that they're starting to implement that more and more. When I was here for the first time back in 2014, it wasn't as diverse. Mm. So I did get a lot of uh, certain stares in the beginning. It was very hard to uh, communicate back then. They weren't that open to wanting to accept non-Norwegian speakers Mm. to work. Uh, even at, at coffee shops, fast forward to today, you start seeing a lot more of diversity in uh, companies, in, co- in coffee shops, workers that don't speak Norwegian but only speak English mm-hmm. because Norway is becoming such a, um, a eye candy uh, location for investors that want to grow in innovation. So Norway is known for the first their petroleum, but now is much more advanced in IT, innovation, sustainability, green energy. So companies want to invest in uh, their time and expanding much more with the Norwegian uh, country. That's so, uh, one, I think is uh, on your first point, it's so dope that they're celebrating obviously different cultures that are, that are, um, now living there and you, you you mentioned how when you were living there in 2014 it wasn't like that and I'm always not now that I've been living abroad for, th- for three years now going to my fourth year in Costa Rica I'm, I'm, I'm like of two minds of uh, 
of a, you know, when people move abroad and obviously I'm obviously my podcast is about diversity, right? Hence why you're on the podcast. I'm a huge proponent of diversity. But on the other hand, I feel like you said, like most of these people that are, that are coming, you know, they only speak English, right? And obviously now the locals, I don't know, I, you, you would know better than I do. You live there. They might feel that their way of life is being threatened in some way, right? Because these people are not Norwegian or whatever the case may be. They're not being from there. They're changing the country, whatever the case may be. Do you feel that from your perspective, right? Being Latina, but, you know, being American, having American uh, heritage as well. Do you feel that the country is becoming Americanized or do you just feel like it's just becoming more diverse where people not just from America are coming and people, like you said, from the Colombia or, you know, from uh, parts in Africa, Somalia and different pockets around the world are just coming here because of all the reasons you mentioned. Do you feel like it's just ultra positive or do you feel like there's also some negatives of that as well? Uh, that's a good question. Um, from what I know and what I've experienced is that the Norwegians are very open to uh, experiencing something different. Being from Norway, a lot of the Norwegians, even as um, young age, they are used to traveling to different countries. They travel a lot to Spain during the um, holidays because it's very easy access to different countries when it comes to traveling. So the Norwegians, pretty much the majority of them are very open-minded and they have experienced different cultures. So for them, um, they're a very reserved culture, naturally. So they enjoy getting out of their comfort zone and out of their shell. So more... Um, diversity being here in Oslo is very appreciated by the Norwegians because it's different from their culture and from their norm. So they embrace it. And you see a lot of it now. You see a lot of, uh, there's, for example, there's this dance uh, community here and a dance studio called The Quick Style. They started doing uh, choreographies here in Oslo. Their video went viral and it's a dance group with different ethnicities. They have native Norwegians, but also Norwegian Asian, and so on and so forth. And they created this community of dancers. Their video went viral and now they're dancing around the world, bringing the Norwegian culture, such a small country, a small group of dancers, and they're sharing how they embrace culture within their group and within their passion. And I think that um, that right there is what's helping them grow so, uh, so fast. Um, in a way of connecting with other cultures, growing in IT, innovation, fun fact, Norway was, um, was where Spotify was found. Did not know that. Cool. (laughs) And also they created the paperclip. Another fun fact. Wow. I'm going to have to like... I'm going to have to, like, put, like, a, in order for people to listen to the entire podcast, like, I'm going to Venmo somebody, uh, cash up somebody a dollar if you answer these three questions. Who invented the paperclip? <laughs> Norway. Where is Spotify found it? Norway. This is great. This is a great fun fact that so I can just tell somebody, did you know Norway invented the paperclip? That is a fun fact. Thank you, Jessica, for that. But I'm glad to know about the, uh, the like, that they're open. Like I said, they're open to diversity. They want to embrace people's cultures. And I guess, again, from again from my perspective, and again, I think you could appreciate this as well, being the Latina and, you know, you have experience growing up in the States. The one thing that I try to do now live abroad is, yes, obviously, I'm always going to bring my culture. Like, I'm, I have Dominican uh, heritage, right? And that's always going to be with me. I'm from New York. That's always going to be a part of me. At the same time, I want to make sure that I'm respectful of the culture that's here, right? Because I'm not from here. So while I'm bringing all of who I am into this place, and I want to be just me, right, authentically 100% who I am, I also got to understand that maybe not all of that meshes all the way with wherever I'm currently located, like Costa Rica. And I can tell you right now, as people have, if people have been listening to my podcast for many times, a lot of things don't mesh with the way I am authentically and the way things are in Costa Rica. And that's not that it's negative, it's just different. So that's why I asked the initial question is, is um, I, I guess from my perspective as us being foreigners and expats, 
is like I sometimes wonder, and you let me know what you think about this. If when expats go somewhere abroad, they're just looking at all the things they could, I don't know, oh, I can consume this nature and this beautiful Instagram picture, but not appreciating the culture and the traditions that are in the place that they're going to be living at. So what, what, do you, what do you say about that or what do you think about that? Yes, I think it is very important, for example, whenever you travel, take a step back and really get to understand and learn a little bit about the culture before going to any place because we want to make sure that whenever we're at that place of destination, we don't offend anyone. Um, for example, it, it was a, a cultural shock for me, me being from uh, Latin culture, we're very affectionate. Mm-hmm. Even if I just met you, Angel, I would give you a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Same. And that's how we greet. I'm the same. <laughs> that's how I'm used to greet. Right, and right, right. my mom always taught me whenever you walk in a room full of people, you have to greet everyone with a hug and a kiss. So I remember when I first came to Norway, I wanted to hug and kiss everyone when I met them. <laughs> And that's a huge... I'm like, whoa, whoa, no, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, easy, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big red no. You do not do that because they're a very reserved culture here. They are open, but not at first. At first, they could be very close. You feel like they probably hate you because they're very short and in the Norwegian language itself is very direct. So when you Mm. translate Norwegian to English, it's a very rude, um, it, it, it can come off as a very rude statement when they don't mean it that way. Sounds like my kind of people being from New York. So I think I want to go to Norway now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're very direct. And that's what I really admire about the Norwegians is that they're very straightforward. Their language, they don't have sugarcoating in, in their language. So it's very direct. And I really enjoy that when it comes to business settings. It's amazing because you don't waste their time. They don't waste your time. It's like straight to the point. So it's very important now, ever since then, for me to um, ask questions. Something that I always tell people is that it's okay to ask questions if if you don't know. It's ask questions like, is it okay if I hug you? Do you guys hug? Do you guys shake hands before you do it? People respect that. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to assume. So that's something that I've learned from traveling and um, engaging in different cultures is if I don't know, I tell them, hey, I don't know. Can I ask? And they respect that. Because right. I know a lot of times when people travel, for example, people that travel from the U.S., they go to France and they say, wow, uh, people from Paris are very rude to Americans. Oh, but have you wondered why? Have you asked what is it that bothers them that we might do that offends them? We don't think that we're offending them, but there's something that we're doing that we don't know that where is the cultural clash. Mm-hmm. Once, once we find that out, then we learn how to communicate and bridge that cultural gap. And actually, I did ask once, and they said is that whenever they go to our country, they speak or at least try to speak our language, acknowledging that they're in our country out of respect. Right, 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 right. And I think that's, I mean, it just goes to this, uh, obviously, this very Western, um, American-centric kind of, you know, mentality that we, I mean, I'm guilty of it sometimes, I'm sure. Um, You know, where it's like, yeah, I'm here, so this is just who I am. And wait, well, why are you offended by what I'm doing? Like you said, but you have to take, like you said, take that step back. I think living abroad, obviously, like you have, you know, on and off for the past, you know, eight years in Norway and now officially making your home, obviously, you have that perspective of, I'm living here. I'm not just coming here for a week or two. And even even if I was, I'm going to ask questions because I don't want to offend people that are living here, you know, and give the wrong idea or the wrong impression. And I think living abroad definitely helps. And for those that are listening that live abroad, probably could appreciate this. And if you're thinking about living abroad, that's the biggest thing. You have to ask questions so you can be informed about people's customs, 
people's uh, perceptions, misconceptions. You know what I mean? Because that's going to help you. And it's going to help you in your, in your broad journey. And then you're going to make the decision where, yeah. all right, I can learn from this. Or, okay, this is a little bit, you know, there's a clash here. But I'm going to get through that mend, you know, through that bump. Or it's like, you know what? Actually, I'm just going to go back home. <laughs> so it's better just to ask questions to be informed about the decisions you make, whether you're going to live abroad longer, shorter, or not live abroad at all. So I, I'm glad that you that you made that point, Jessica. Wow, we've spoken for an hour and, four, <laughs> and five minutes so far. I can speak to you for way longer, but I know you have a flight to get to. Um, and yeah, this has been great. But now, unfortunately, is the final lightning round of the podcast. So I'm going to ask you lightning round questions, and you're going to ask what the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, here we go. Let's do it. All right. Favorite place in Norway? I would say Hemsedal. What's that? <laughs> Hemsedal is a place where you can go hiking. They have beautiful uh, hiking routes and also where you can go skiing during the winter. Okay. So most of the people go there for skiing. They have cabins and they do parties after ski called after ski. <laughs> so it's <laughs> a great experience. I don't ski well i try i've i've tried many times i'm just not good at it but i'm gonna keep on trying however i do enjoy going to the after ski parties and just the overall experience that's how you know you're in norway it's called after ski not just after right now after ski that's that's cool that's dope um what is your favorite norwegian phrase or word hegele so how you say hegele Hegele. What does that mm-hmm. mean? Hegele. Hegele. It's like a positive word. Like it's. Um, oh, that's so nice. So whenever you meet someone, you let them know. Oh, nice to meet you. So. Oh, hegele. And or if people ask you how are you feeling, you it's more of an expression too. Ah. so it's kind of like pura vida here in Costa Rica because they say pura vida for absolutely everything. And it can mean yeah. good. How you doing? Great. Pura vida. Hegele. And also another word is kushle, which is which means cozy. So that's also an expression that they use. That word sounds hey, cozy. Man. Like I feel like I can like wrap myself yeah. with the word kushle. Is that how you say it? Kushle. Kushle. Yeah. And hegele. That's a kushle fun. Kushle and hegele. These are great Two words. Very positive words. And they sound super po- Just the way they sound sounds positive. Hegele, kushle. And if you try to speak Norwegian, it's very similar to the Spanish pronunciation, like their alphabet. Uh-huh. It's very similar to how we have our alpha our alphabet. So if you were try if you would try to speak in Norwegian, you speak it with the Spanish pronunciation. It helps you uh, say the words a little better with an accent okay cool 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 Mm -hmm. um what is your favorite thing about norwegian people my favorite thing about norwegian people it would be they're very loyal Mm. once they get to know you and once you get to know them once they open up they're extremely loyal all right, and final, final question. There's not lighting round. You have, this is just however you want to answer it. So, Jessica, you've obviously, we've heard your story. You've been through a lot of things. Um, you've, you know, you, you seem to be very successful. You're doing this, you know, your your own travel blogging, all these other endeavors that you've, that you've done in your life. So, given all the things that you've been through, and now that you're only three months into Norway, what are you looking forward to now in this next, these next nine months, this, this next year in Norway? Becoming uh, a resident here, an official legal resident, permanent resident. So going through the whole paperwork now. Um, And establishing my business. I opened up a third business and based out of uh, uh, Oslo and really hoping to um, scale that within the next six months to uh, its potential 
and it's going good so far. So I'm excited about that. hope you enjoyed that episode with Jessica. I most definitely did. I definitely appreciate her taking the time <laughs> at one in the morning local time where she's at uh, to have this very deep discussion on life and uh, living abroad in Norway. Um, and what I take away the most out of our conversation, honestly, is this, this idea of her having to reimagine her connection, her relationship with Norway right after she ended her relationship um, with her ex. I think, you know, that that's such a huge thing because, again, she went there initially, like she said, for love. And, you know, relationships, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But when you live abroad, as I mean, I, as I can only imagine, <laughs> it gets it gets more difficult, right, um, having a relationship abroad compared to in your national context, especially if you're going somewhere for a particular person. Um, and But she knew she wanted to be in Norway, and she made that happen. She did not let some trauma, right, some past trauma, some negative, uh, you know, past experiences uh, stop her from making Norway a reality for herself. And so I think that says a lot about Jessica's character and her determination to to make things happen for herself and in her life. And I think that's just really dope for anyone listening, whether you're abroad or not, right? <laughs> when you go through bad experiences, you got you to gotta turn that into positive experiences that keep going forward. And uh, yeah, and just the way she described Norway, I mean, I, again, I'm very ignorant to countries, you know, in the Scandinavian region, uh, you know, whether it's Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, I don't know much about them. And so anytime I get some insight and get educated, I always appreciate that from someone's perspective. And yeah, now I know going to Norway is not that expensive <laughs> from the state. I don't know about from Costa Rica, but from the states, it's not that expensive. And from the pictures I've seen and what she sent to me, it looks it looks it looks really beautiful. But yeah, hope you enjoy that episode. Um, we'll see what's going to happen next week. Uh I should have a solo episode should be coming very soon, actually, on, on something I have not uh, disclosed, but we will see. <laughs> but I always have something for you, as you know. So anyway, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and any of your other famous streaming platforms. See you next week. This is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.